Paralegals are highly essential from law firms and courtrooms to insurance, real estate, HR, and more. If a paralegal career or law school is in your future, Stevenson University Online's Bachelor's in Legal Studies will help you achieve your goals affordably with no application fee. 100% online, approved by the American Bar Association with new online sessions starting every eight weeks. Get started today. Visit stevenson.edu slash paralegal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of En Route, the podcast where we talk about the journey of life. I'm Dennis Sanders, your host. Well, this is a bonus episode, and actually it's a bonus of a bonus. Um, I had uh, had a two-part of, of, of a podcast and um, decided it probably made more sense for people to just listen to it in one sitting instead of having two separate podcasts I have to go into. So um, I have put together the podcast that was originally uh, called What Happened to Sears Part 1 and 2 into a full one-part um, episode. And um, this is a uh, part of an interview I did with Warren Schulberg, a real t- retail journalist. Um, he uh, was kind enough to speak to me about a month and a half ago, and um, both of us have had a obsession with Sears and Kmart. Actually, what's been going on with Sears and Kmart, and this is an issue that is not well known in the the media. Um, whenever anyone talks about the downfall of Sears, um, it's usually that Sears didn't keep up with the times and. That is maybe at most 20% of the story. Um, 80% is actually something that we don't normally hear about. So part of the reason I wanted to interview Warren was to really talk to him about this specific topic. And that's what we did um, a month and a half ago. Um, today, actually, with, uh, when I'm recording this, which is uh, September 27th, um, we found out news that the last Kmart in uh, Marshall, Michigan, will be closing. Now, there is some significance to that, and it's not just that that's my home state. Um, Kmart started in Michigan in 1962, um, and actually it had its headquarters in uh, the Detroit suburb of Troy. Um, So seeing the last Kmart in Michigan close is kind of a sad occasion. And um, there's a reason why these stores are closing. And it's not because of necessarily um, bad business decisions. It's really a tale about greed. So here is this bonus, bonus episode. Um, let me know what you think about it. If you have um, want to know, uh, um, share your opinions, uh, send your um, send an email to me at uh, denmin at gmail.com. And so that's D-E-N as in den as in a room and an M-I-N-N, the short for Minnesota, and that is all one word at gmail.com. So now let us hear about what really happened to Sears.
Little Jaunts. This is the micro-podcast of Enroute. I'm Dennis Sanders, your host. Well, for over a century, Sears was one of this nation's leading retailers. In the 1920s, you could literally buy a house from Sears. You basically ordered it in the mail order catalog, and it came to you. The post-war years saw Sears moving into malls across the land. Kmart started in 1962, the same year that a a number of other discount retailers, such as Target and Walmart, also opened for business. Throughout the 1970s and 80s, Kmart was the go-to place for finding things at a good price. Shoppers were always on the lookout for their famous blue light specials. In 2005, these two companies merged. Over the last decade, hundreds of their stores were closed, and now the two two chains are basically defunct. The common story is that Sears and Kmart didn't keep up with the times, and they pinned the blame on the rise of Amazon. Now, the online retail behemoth does have a role in the demise of Sears, but it's only a small role. Actually, the reason Sears and Kmart have basically vanished from the American retail scene is because of one man, the one-time CEO of Sears Holdings, Eddie Lampert. In this two-part episode, we will hear from retail analyst Warren Schulberg, who has followed Lampert and what he did to Sears. Schulberg is a longtime expert in all things retail, and he is the right person to talk about what really happened to Sears. Now, this is part of a larger interview I did with Schulberg on retail in general, and we will show that full episode in a few days. But it's important to hear this story about one retailer and what its downfall says about American society in general. So let's hear from Warren Schulberg. This is part one. Well, the Final thing that I wanted to talk to you about was um, the story of and kind of the downfall of Sears. Um, you know, the memory that I have, I, I grew up in the, in the 70s and 80s, is especially going to Sears that kind of sold everything. Um, and you know, from clothing for school to the lawnmower that we owed. And Usually the story that we hear about its downfall has been about Amazon, that it wasn't um, keeping up with the times. And that's why they are basically not existing anymore. But is that the whole, that doesn't seem to be the whole story. Um, There seems to also be a lot of um, kind of what kind of, started in 2005 with the merger with Kmart and with their um, CEO. Um, would you be willing kind of to share a little bit about that story and how the, that happened? Sure, so I, I um, am a bit, uh, a bit obsessed with the Sears and Kmart uh, story. So I've um, been following it uh, since I've been, I've been following it forever, I, I've been I've been covering retail for a long time. So, you know, first a little context, uh, which is that um, you know in the 
in the 19, as recently as the 1980s, Sears was the biggest retailer in America. Um, and as you said, they sold everything. And, and uh, you know, it's not, not unfair to say that they were the Amazon of, of the era. If you wanted something, you went to Sears, either their big catalog or their stores or whatever. You know, and in, the, uh, in their earlier days, Sears sold houses, they sold mm-hmm. cars. Um, and even in 1980s, they, um, they had a real estate brokerage company and they had a, they had a, a credit card, which, which is the Discover card. Um, and they had car insurance and, um, uh, you know, it, they, they were the place to go. Um, similarly, uh, Kmart in the 1990s was the biggest retailer in America and Kmart was a great store. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they almost were, were, uh, target-like in terms of having, uh, some terrific, uh, apparel fashion, some interesting home stuff, and, and just having a little bit of a, of an edge, uh, compared to some other retailers and, um, these were both good retailers and um, uh, through a a variety of reasons, they started to decline. Uh, Some people say that uh, both Sears and Kmart uh, took their eye off their core businesses as they bought other companies. And and I mentioned all the other things that Sears did and and some people criticized them for focusing more on financial services and real estate than on retail, maybe. But I, I think if they had success, successfully executed that strategy, that was a brilliant plan. Um, Kmart bought up a lot of other, or bought or started a lot of other uh, retail chains. They owned a, a home improvement one. Uh, they owned a, a warehouse club. They owned two book uh, 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 chains. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so they, um, they also had a strategy of, of we're going to have multiple nameplates, uh, under one, under one brand. And, you know, again, people criticized and said that they, they then stopped paying attention to Kmart. To me, it's not so clear cut, but, um, but clearly, um, both Kmart and Sears declined as as core retail businesses, and and I'm going to say um, Sears made the fatal flaw in its retail business. Uh, in uh, you can trace it back to the 1940s when Sears started to expand into the suburbs um, uh, as the baby boom era started and people moved to the suburbs, Sears made a strategic decision to put its stores in in shopping malls. Um, Had they put those stores in strip centers, um, I think they would have had a very different outcome. Um, This has been my theory. I'm not sure anybody else shares it, but but you think about it, um, the, the, the shopping mall customer is not buying uh, lawnmowers and power tools and work clothes and uh, and things like that. Um, those are being bought, uh, uh, you know, today in Home Depot and Lowe's, uh, which are in strip malls and or freestanding. So Sears made a big uh, a big mistake that took forty years to catch up with them, but it did. Um, Kmart 
I think just stopped investing in their stores. So when when Eddie Lampert bought Sears in 2000 and then he bought Kmart in 2005, they were both um, declining, but both still pretty good businesses. Um, they had about 3,500 stores between the two of them. Um, and um, there were a lot of opportunities there. They had loyal customers and, um, uh, you know, Eddie Lampert came along and said, uh, you know, he, had a great, he had a great press agent who said that he was the next Warren Buffett and, and he was going to be investing in the businesses and, and uh, wasn't going to, uh, it was going to be a hands, hands-off owner. And all of that turned out to be absolutely untrue. And um, his strategy from the very beginning was to, was to pull cash out of that business. It was, it was not to run the businesses. If it had been to run the businesses, we would have seen very different activities, but instead they, um, they kept um, uh, selling real estate and, and it wasn't just the real estate. They sold, the, they sold brand names. They s- stopped investing in their stores. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you look at um, uh, Sears Kmart's um, capital expenditure budget versus a target. Uh, and it was a fraction of it. They just weren't spending any money to keep the stores modern and to keep the stores up to date. Um, and uh, both Kmart and Sears had a lot of old stores that needed a lot of work and, and they weren't spending it. So, um, uh, you know, this wasn't just a real estate play to sell off real estate assets. It was to, um, it was to, uh, keep spending to a minimum and keep drawing cash out of those businesses that went back to the shareholders of which Lampert was uh, the biggest shareholder. He had 50, 50% of the company. Um, and there were all kinds of things. Uh, you know, the example I, I, I've used uh, several times is um, uh, Sears owned a regional hardware store uh, called uh, Orchard Hardware on the West Coast. And it was a nice little business. Uh, they probably should have never bought it, but they did. Um, and um, um, somewhere along the line, they um, they sold it to uh, to investors um, for a modest amount of money. And they took the proceeds from the sale and paid out a dividend to Sears uh, shareholders of which Lampert got half of it. And, and they uh, then the new owners and, and Sears was still a, a minority owner of it, um, 49%, I think. And again, excuse me for not having the exact numbers in front of me, but they then um, took out a, um, um, uh, a line of credit of about $600 million. And, um, uh, and this is my recollection, and and uh, and I again may not be precise on the numbers. Uh, they took that six hundred million dollars and issued another special dividend to their shareholders, um, of which Lampert and and uh, ESL Holdings, which is his company, got uh, three hundred million dollars of it. Um, and uh, Old Orchard now had $600 million in debt that they didn't have the day before. Uh, within 18 months, Old Orchard uh, filed for bankruptcy and was out of business. So, um, you know, again, it was a plan to, to take cash out of it, to, to 
send that cash back to shareholders and not to invest in the business. You know, if they had taken out a $600 million credit line and invested it in the stores, that would, that would have been one thing, but that's not what they did. So this is what Lampert kept doing. Uh, you know, he sold, um, he sold the, the, the big brand names. And so um, the store count kept, kept diminishing. Uh, he took their best stores, their best performing stores and sold those first because those were the most valuable assets. And, and those stores now have targets in them or Home Depots. Uh, um, uh, so when, um, when uh, Sears Holdings filed for bankruptcy in 2019, they, had, they still had 1,800 stores, uh, you know, which was pretty significant. Um, Lampert bought, uh, convinced the bankruptcy court that, uh, that he was the best, the best uh, choice for keeping the company going. And they came out of bankruptcy in, um, uh, mid 2019 with 400 stores. Um, and within a year they were down to 197. Uh, and now in, um, 2021 and um, Sears, uh, Transform Co., which is the company that owns Sears and Kmart now, does not uh, uh, no longer talks, answers questions or talks to anybody about what they're doing. They're a private company, obviously. Um, uh, as best as, as, as I can tell, and, and I talked to some other folks who are following it uh, even more closely than I do, there's about 50 stores left between Sears and Kmart. There may be, I don't know, 30, 30 Sears stores left and 20 Kmarts. Um, and that's it. Um, and um, you know, they're just they're just not a player anymore. So it's a real tragedy. You know, these stores might not not might not have made it uh, uh, under the best of management. Uh, based on on the the competition from Amazon and Walmart, um, but the, it didn't have to turn out this way. They they could have played a role, you know. Well, I want to thank Warren for sharing this important story. Now, remember that this is only part one. Listen to part two to hear the rest of what really happened to Sears. And thanks for listening please leave a rating or a review on your podcast app. You can learn more about Little Jaunts and our main podcast, Enroute, by going to our website, enroutepodcast.org. That's it for this episode. See you for part two. I'm Dennis Sanders, your host. Take care and Godspeed. the sister podcast of Enroute. I'm Dennis Sanders, your host. Well, this is part two of what really happened to Sears. 
For over a century, Sears was one of the nation's leading retailers. Back in the 1920s, you could literally buy a house from Sears. Post-war years saw Sears booming as it moved into malls across America. Kmart started in 1962, and that was the same year that two other large discount retailers, Target and Walmart, also started their business. Throughout the 70s and 80s, Kmart was the go-to place for finding things at a good price, and shoppers were always on the lookout for their famous blue light specials. Over the last decade, hundreds of of their stores were closed, and now these two chains are basically defunct. The common story is that Sears and Kmart didn't keep up with the times, and the cause of all of this is the rise of Amazon. Now, the online retail behemoth does have a role in the demise of Sears and Kmart, but it's only a small role. Actually, the reason that these two brands have vanished from the American retail scene is really because of one man, the one-time CEO of Sears Holdings, Eddie Lampert. This is the second part of a two-part episode where we will hear from retail analyst Warren Schulberg, who has followed Lampert and what he did to Sears. Schulberg is a longtime expert in all things retail, and he is the right person to talk about what really happened to Sears. Now, this is part of a larger interview I did with Schulberg um, on retail in general, and that will show up in a few days. But it's important to hear this story about Sears, because it is a story about one retailer and what its downfall says about American retail and American society in general. So now let's hear from part two with Warren Schulberg. I think because I followed this story as well, over the years. And the question I always keep having is why didn't, was anyone able to stop it? Or, or was this a case that everyone basically was in favor of it? They knew that they were going to get something out of it, some money. And so they just kind of let it happen. Um, well, again, Lampert controlled the board of directors and the board of directors uh, basically rubber stamped his plans. And uh, the uh, shareholders were making money. You know, the Sears stock in the uh, first half of the first decade of the 2000s was, was a great stock to have. It, and, and a lot of people made a lot of money on it. And the decline started uh, uh, later on in the second decade of the, two, of the 2000s. Uh, um, but as long as people were making money, that was okay. And they weren't doing anything illegal. Um, you know, I don't want to uh, say anything like that. All of this was perfectly legal. Um, and um, as the owners of the company, they could they could do what they wanted. And, and um, um, you know, I think the the misunderstanding is anybody who bought into the fact that that the all of this, uh, uh, all of these things were for the benefit of the retail business. Uh, I, I, I think that's the flaw is that they were for the benefit of the of the investors and the owners. And uh, they were to the detriment of ongoing retail businesses. And Lampert tried to, uh, to sell this. Uh, he's a very charming, compelling guy. I, I spent a half hour with him once and, uh, and he, um, he was 
amazingly compelling in in trying to convince me why all these things were good. And this was a long time ago. And um, you know, if you you came out of it and said, "Yeah, okay, I I believe in this guy," and um, but it, you know, it turns out he just had a different mission. And again, perfectly legal, uh, well within his rights as the owner of the company to do. Um, and a brilliant strategy if if your strategy is to is to make money. A while back, I wrote an article, um, kind of actually comparing Eddie Lampert with um, former President Trump, uh-huh. and talking about that they were both good at BS, um, of kind of spinning a story that was believable, but wasn't true i mean they were they were saying one thing and actually doing another but but what they were saying was so compelling that you wanted to to believe them to trust them and i'm just wondering is that did you see any connection there or yeah i certainly wouldn't argue with that uh you know they're both very good both very good um showmen and uh you know uh Trump convinced uh, 75 million Americans that he was the he was the best choice. So he's he's really good at what he does. Uh, um, and and um, uh, Lampert is uh, is um, is 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 very good at what he does. And he's been, uh, you know, anytime anybody was trying to to stop him or, or fight him, he was steps ahead of them and uh, and uh, had it figured out two years down the road. So the, uh, the, they're both very good, um, you know, so, um, and you know, the, the, the link between the two of them is that uh, uh, Trump's, um, what is this, Secretary of Commerce, uh, Steve Mnuchin, mm-hmm. Commerce. Uh, uh, Treasury. Tre- Treasury, I'm Treasury sorry, Secretary. yep was on the Sears board for a number of years and, and went to college with Lampert. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm not saying that there's uh, that there was any tie in beyond that, but it's just an interesting little quirk of, uh, of history. One of the other questions that I have with the role of the media in this, yeah. uh, you know, there, there were stories actually about what was going on. If you read a few, I saw something like the Washington post or CNBC or something um, I think some of the local Chicago um, media, since that's where Sirius was based. But in general, you didn't hear a whole lot about this story in the media, about what was really happening. And I've always wondered why, because it seems like the the story that you would hear from the, the general story you would hear from the media is that simply Sears didn't keep up with the times. Yeah. That wasn't the whole story. And, and why do you think that the media in general didn't pick up what was going on with Eddie Lampert? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, up until the last couple of years, you're absolutely right. Uh, the uh, he did a great job in getting in getting great press for what he was doing, and the the business press uh, bought into it and uh, did not question it. And and even when things started to decline, and he was blaming Amazon, uh, they bought into that too. But you know, you think about it. Uh, Sears began life as a direct-to-consumer catalog business, and mm-hmm. they were in existence, I don't know, 25 years before they opened their first store. So 
they had the 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 model in place to to continue you know to to transition it from a print catalog to an online business and instead they shut the catalog down and uh you know uh I, I look at Penny. Penny did the same thing that they, you know, so Sears wasn't the only one. Uh, Penny had a great heritage of, of selling direct to consumer. And it's uh, it's a tragedy that they weren't able to transition that. Uh, compare that to, again, uh, and I know I've gotten off tangent on, and I'll come back to you in a second. Um, compare that to uh, who I mentioned before, William Sonoma, which which also had a, a heritage of selling direct through their catalog, and they were smart enough to to transition that to 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 selling online, and and, and they were brilliant at it, and they still are. Uh, Sears and uh, and Pennies were not. So the business press, I think, just um, and the general press just did not did not do their homework, and. Uh, it's disappointing as a as a member of the press. I, uh, I, uh, you know, it's not uh, it's not our finest moment. Um, you know, I, I, I <laughs> will sound self serving, but but um, I I have uh, been. Um, uh, I, I think I've been able to see through the the Sears Kmart thing for a very long time, and uh, mm-hmm. and it infuriated me when. Other media um, continued to, you know, to drink the Kool Aid and and to buy what he was what he was doing. So, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, except they just didn't do their homework. What do you think is the result going to be the result in retail of the loss of these two retailers and and what Lampert was able to do? So, you know, first off, um, the Sears and Kmart names are going to live on in one form or another. Uh, when uh, the current company eventually goes out of business, somebody will buy the Kmart name and they'll resurrect it in some form and somebody somebody will buy Sears name and resurrect it in some form. So those brands are, are going to stick around. Uh, as retail businesses, they, they're, they're already gone. You know, they're with so few stores left, they're, they're just not a factor at all. And they haven't been for two or three years. So, um, so the damage is already done. You know, there's no more market share to to divide up. Uh, who's ever who's ever already taken it? Who's ever whoever was going to take it has already taken it. So, so certainly, um, uh, Walmart and Target got a big chunk of it. Uh, uh, Kohl's got some of it. Um, um, the dollar stores got some of it. Uh, um, um, so, um, yeah, the impacts already has already happened, and I don't think when they uh, go out with the final whimper, uh, no one's even going to notice, <laughs> you know. But they will be sad stories about about the demise of these guys, and uh, you know they've been dead for years, just no one's had the heart to tell them. <laughs> So when you say that the, the and, and I, I do agree, I think the brands will survive in some form. Do you think that would be restarting the business or doing like, well, you know, Montgomery Ward, which it has a, someone bought the name and has a website and all of that? Yeah, it'll probably be the Montgomery Ward model. And that's, and that's who I was going to cite also. Just, uh, it, it'll be an online business. 
you know, they'll talk about opening stores. You know, you look at, at, at Toys R Us and somebody, somebody bought the intellectual properties and, and said they were going to start online and they were going to open stores. And they did open, I think, three stores. And, and um, they were a very different model. And uh, whether they would have worked or not, we don't know because they, they went under during the pandemic. Um, but somebody will buy them. They'll talk about stores. I, if the stores open, I'll be shocked. Um, and they'll be online businesses. Um, you know, there's still a Sears hometown operation, which uh, also uh, Eddie Lampert now owns. Uh, and they have a couple of hundred stores. And these are kind of franchises. Uh, they're an um, odd mix of stuff. And they they sell lawnmowers and appliances and, and um, uh, some other odds and ends and repair stuff. Um, you know, they'll stick around for a while. Uh, Sears Auto, I think, uh, still has some viability. Somebody will, somebody will buy that. I'm, I've been shocked he has not been able to sell that so far. Um, but I think so. We'll see Sears Auto stores and um, Kmart, probably not, you know, probably as an online business. Uh, um, but don't be surprised if. If, if somebody uh, starts opening uh, dollar format stores under the Kmart name, I mean, that's, that's the, uh, the, the scenario I see as, as if anything's going to work, it's going to be something like that, but big hundred thousand square foot stores. No. Well, I am extremely thankful for Warren for sharing this important story of what really happened to Sears. And I hope that you enjoyed both part one and part two. I want to thank you for listening. Please leave a rating or a review on your podcast app. You can learn more about Little Jaunts and the main podcast, Enroute, by going to our website at enroutepodcast.org. That's it for this episode. I'm Dennis Sanders, your host. Take care and Godspeed. 